Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. And I'm Emily. And uh, we've got some some items to discuss this podcast. <laughs> Not stuff and things. We don't want people to think of that. No, we're no, we, we don't talk rubes. about that anymore. This is this no. is 2020 Get Offset Podcast. This is it is we've, new, new year, new us, new decade, new podcast. That's that's how it goes. Well, yeah, we're about um eight weeks into the new year. We are officially on week nine. I know this because I keep notes for my day job in order of which week it is throughout the year. Is next week next week nine or the week of recording this no, week nine? Next, uh, the week that this is coming out is week ten. Okay, ten. We made it ten weeks in this hellish year. <laughs> it's it's been a ride. Um, some I'll moments have um, been more joyous than others. Honestly, 2020 is still kicking 2019 ass. Uh, 2019 was a really terrible kickoff for me. We won't get into that. I, uh, <laughs> it's been a good year so far for me, other than the whole um, America deploding. It, it is what it is. Uh, we are still alive so far, so let's uh, let's keep up that track record. Track record. We have we have all collectively survived every single day we've been alive. Lahayam. Well. Well, yeah. most of us. Mm. There are people. There are people that, that electrocuted guy. He technically died. There's also the uh, whole like what defines living, like, but that 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 could get really dark and turn into a really quick, brutal discussion of uh, retail. Brutal. Our brutal British, discussion. Our our British existence was that. Is that Walden? Is that from? Is that Thoreau? Are we like ants? Yeah, I think I heard about that on TikTok. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, so, um, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm probably flying back from Dallas on this day. I hope I, I hope I had a good run of shows in Texas. I, and I really hope you do too. Um, Sans yeah. Whataburger. I really, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I spent I spent most of the day that we're recording this, which is before I'm leaving for Texas. I spent a lot of it getting my mini board ready. So I had to go through and listen to it. I can't bring an amp, so I'm bringing the Iridium. Which is pretty much an amp at this point. Let's I mean, be honest. it's an amp. Yeah, I have to call... I'm going to call the venues tomorrow, and I might try to borrow an amp in Dallas. Um, a real one. Because I'm not sure how the space we're playing in Dallas is... Uh, how equipped it is. Um, and I finished my Bronco stay, my, my Mustang Bronco hybrid. I It wasn't really a lot Yeehaw. to finish. I'm just raising the action a little bit on on the high E. Uh, added, sh- <laughs> finally installed the strap buttons. Uh, put a strap on it. Actually, a gear supply company strap that my husband had bought me. I went upstairs and took a thread puller and cut off the GS Co logo. <laughs> nice. Mildly therapeutic. Someone gave me gave me crap on the Instagram because I still have a, a little pick ten. They're great picks. I'm not going to stop using the picks. It's not like they didn't also swindle me. Right, right, right. But it's still kind of funny that you've got the Picton still. Uh, I, just you know need, what? I, need, I need a good sticker. You know what? I think I have a fellow robot sticker, uh, Mike Adams Band. Uh, I might try to peel off the GSCO sticker with some goo gone and uh, smack the fellow robot sticker on there instead. I've got a Picton uh, waiting, or a, a tin of mints that's waiting to become a Picton uh, from Clint Duke. Nice. Are so they Mr. Moxley's mints? Um, actually, I don't know. 
I'm also kind of scared to try the mints because it definitely got dropped. Like the whole tin got dropped in some water. And I don't know like what the condition of the mints are inside. Do you know what Mr. Moxley's mints are? I don't. They're uh, weed mints. Oh. Legal in Washington. Legal in Washington. They're my I'm... mother's uh, preferred uh, um, vehicle for uh, CBD. Well, I mean, whatever works, right? Whatever works. I have a vape pen down here somewhere that I just haven't used in a while. Oh, um, another fun thing. Uh, I uh, So my pedal board, um, I have on that um, the TC uh, Polytune I bought from you. I have on it the uh, the Black 5050 by Pelican Noise Works, a 60-cycle hum collaboration. It's great for a smaller board because it has two two circuits in it. Right. Uh, I mean, that's and they're a- completely independent. Two and one in a single size enclosure. That's that's pretty inc- incredible. It's pretty dope. Uh, and then I have the Boss SY1, that synth pedal. Um, and I have uh, the David Foster Wallace by Bookworm Effects. Which is, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm so surprised that's my favorite to lay pedal right now. I'm not surprised either. Sounds like you've got a pretty solid setup there. And admittedly, slightly jealous. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna do the whole like pedal train uh, Metro twenty four size, but with the smaller one, I can actually fit it in my carry on, so I won't have to check a bag. I thought about this long and hard. Mm. Well, you get yeah. a carry on and a personal item. Uh, the personal item is my guitar, which is the the Bronco Stang. Ah, uh, well, uh, y- you yes. should just get uh, you should get a mono bag with the tick. I have the tick, but it only does the pedal train nano size. Mm. So I'm just keeping my... And the thing is, with the tick, apparently it counts as uh, the guitar and the tick to combine are still considered like one item. Uh, but if I'm you, putting if my... If you use enough non- duct tape, they'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting my um, uh, my cables and stuff in there. You're proud of that one. You're still laughing. Sir, we're going to need you to... Um... Cut that open. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I can just, I, I, every time I've flown with a pedal board through TSA, I've I've got the um and like they like they all start like talking hush tones behind the counter. And I just have to sit there and I know that they're all talking about, like, guys, I think we have a bomb. I think it's a bomb. There's wires, there's capacitors, there's resistors. <laughs> Try flying with a <laughs> That was a joke. I'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, no, I've only ever gotten uh, trouble when, not trouble, but like stopped when I flew with um, an acoustic electric guitar because they weren't used to guitars having electronics in them. I, every time I've flown with a pedal board, I've definitely been stopped. Uh, I remember the one time though I was flying with a pedal board and like the, the guy who's looking at the screen, like, like went pale as a sheet, like freaked out and like, like walked really quickly over to like someone else, like his manager or something like that. And the other guy's like, Oh yeah, he's a guitar player. No, no, I know what that is. And like, <laughs> nice. Super chill about it. And the guy's like, are you sure? Like, I don't know, man. Like, uh, and he definitely like, was still freaking out. They did the whole, like, we need you to open this up. And, uh, did they take like, the little wipes of your hands. They took, uh, yeah, wipes of my hands and wipes of like the inside. And they're like, we're going to need you to open up your pedal. I'm like, do you have a screwdriver? And they're like, fair point. (laughs) So why wouldn't they have a screwdriver? 
I guess they surely they surely they've taken a screwdriver from somebody at some point that day. Probably, but they didn't have a <laughs> screwdriver with them at that point in time. And I was like, I was like, you want to just run that through the X-ray and see what's inside it separately? I I don't know what to tell you. I would have brought my multi-tool, but that wouldn't have made it through security either. Nope, sure would not have. Yeah, uh, I have TSA pre-check, and so I never have to take anything out of my bag. No computers, no liquids. Get to leave on my shoes. I'm riding to the airport with uh, via the link with uh, you know three fourths with with uh, with most of my band, and I'm <laughs> just gonna abandon them and just take my cush spot in TSA pre-check heaven. You know you're not supposed to bring cush through TSA, right? Hey, as long as I finish it before I leave the state of Washington, I think I'm well within my rights. You know you're I not supposed to joke. smoke indoors. Come on. I, I, smoke? I don't smoke it. Um, I actually very rarely consume marijuana. Uh, I just like making out to be like some sort of like crazy stoner. Like, yeah, man, like I was at the airport and like TSA was trying to talk to me, but like, I don't know, man, they were just there. Honestly, I think a lot of people go to the airport really high. I know at least one person who's probably been who's probably gotten pretty high at the airport. I had a friend and I know he had like some edibles left before he like the night before. And I don't think he took them before he slept, but I do know they were not they were like it's just like the empty package when when he I paid for them, so I'm going to use them even though I've got like half this entire bag left. Yeah. I just like to imagine everyone at the airport's a little bit high, and I know I'm not the only person who likes to imagine that. Eh, I don't know if I'd enjoy that experience, but... Being high or imagining other people are high? Both. Okay. <laughs> In the airport sure. specifically. In the airport yeah. specifically. We were talking nice. about one siloed scenario. Yeah. I um Also, I think I'm getting an Airbnb uh, in LA with a listener of the show uh and patreon supporter jeff covey we're gonna see the uh, hold steady when they're uh, in la oh nice where, yeah. where are they playing in la north la highland park that's a fun neighborhood i've heard it's cool and i i would love to uh coordinate some some work while i'm down there <laughs> of the industry persuasion uh, maybe I'll reach out to some people I know. Definitely want to hit up Mike Adams and my friend Jessica, who they're both in Long Beach, and That's Aaron Abubo. Clear on the other side of like where you're going to be, though. I know it's I know it's like an hour away, but like uh, Jessica was in my wedding, so I Aww. would like to see her. Uh, yeah, and uh, Aaron Abubo. I hope I hope he comes out to one of the uh, one of the whole stations. He's a fan. Fun stuff, fun stuff. Um, yeah. make, make sure to give him a hug for me. I will. A, a, a crisp, tender hug. Crisp and tender. Yeah. I'll take him to the whole steady show and get him way drunk at the whole steady. Good luck. I, th- I think it could be done. Oh, it, it, it can be done. It can be I, done. I've experienced this firsthand. Yeah. But that's all I will say on that because uh, what happens in LA stays in LA. Nobody says that. Well, I just said it. Unrelated Highland Park is a great scotch. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, my friend TK told me that uh, Warren Zevon wrote some songs about um, Highland Park. The scotch or the city? 
the the neighborhood. Well, interesting. Sure. <laughs> uh, very interesting. Uh, anything new with you since uh, we last recorded? <laughs> uh, I've been chatting it up with Scott from Stringjoy, mm. who is a radical individual. A copy aficionado. I, I would go as far as to say I I think I'm I'm a, I think I'm a fan of Scott. I'm just gonna throw that out there. And uh, we've been chatting about my little project that I've been slowly putting together and planning out, uh, which is taking that uh, Ivan as double cut that I have and reslotting the net to be uh, to take some heavier strings to do some drop tune work. Um, and yeah, so I was talking to him about optimal string gauges for the tuning I'm going to be doing and for the scale size and chatting that out. And I was super thoroughly impressed with how quickly he knew everything and what he was talking about. And not like I shouldn't have expected that for a guy who runs a string company, but oh, he mean, just immediately, immediately was like, it was oh, like without actually, blinking. yeah, he's smart. Uh, speaking of Scott and string joy, I would like to, I would like to give them a shout out as an unofficial sponsor of uh, today's show. What, what? So I, um, well I got deserved, a little, well deserved. I, uh, got a little package today and it was, um, I was telling Andrew this earlier and as it describing it as a unit of measurement, he would never understand, but it's like when you, when you get, when you, when you get a a shipment of CDs in and they're put in their different, their individual size boxes, it's like the size of an individual box of CDs, like a hundred, a set of a hundred, uh, without, um, a jewel case and maybe like 25, 30 with one. I know what I'm old enough to know what those are. Thank you. I know that you know what CDs are, but have you ever received a shipment of CDs? <laughs> uh, I know what a box of CDs looks like, and I okay. used to buy CDs in like bulk to like burn mixtapes. Great. Well, I got one of those filled with string joy strings, and I was just tickled. I got the box. And I'm like, oh, it's probably a couple sets of strings in here, maybe a shirt or a mug or something. Nope. Or I thought actually, I thought it was a bag of coffee. Sweetie sent me a sweet man. I don't know how to say it. the sweet guy. <laughs> Sweetie. Uh, sweet he Scott. has a name. His name is Scott. <laughs> Sweetie Scott. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Uh, sent me uh, a whole whole box of, uh, of tens. And I'm so excited. I don't think I'll be needing strings for a hot minute. So I just want to say thank you, Scott. And I'm also apologize to Scott in the same breath. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Blame the Chianti. And the fava beans? Was that the great joke that you said that you had, like... Do you not know what I'm referencing? I'm... You think I haven't seen Silence of the Lambs? Well, I... I was... It just your response. I was a little thrown off. I was expecting, like, a little bit more horrified or, like, Tom Petty, American Girl reference or, like, something. But Silence... I guess that's fitting. That that's fitting. Why would you be expecting an American Girl reference? Because that's the song that Buffalo Bill was playing in his van when he abducted one of the girls. Do you remember that? Uh, no, because the famous line, one of the famous lines for that movie, is like uh, Chianti uh, and some fava beans. But he says Chianti. He spelled. I'm editing that out. <laughs> And he says, I think he's he's pronounces Chianti wrong. Well, it's Anthony Hopkins, so he can do whatever the heck he wants. So just throwing that All out right. 
All right. All right. Yeah. As soon as you said that you're drinking Keontae in pre-show, I was like, ooh, that's like immediate. Like, I can't drink Keontae without thinking of that. It's just such a good movie. Super twisted, but a great movie. Yeah, I love how the Buffalo Bill ended up being the uh, the main police officer and detective in a uh, monk. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, every once in a while, it says oh, yeah. that you can hear and you can hear the Buffalo Bill. You're like, ah, but uh, with the mustache, it's unrecognizable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm never going to. Wow, that just like kind of ruined my childhood. Oh. But like in a good way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved that show. That was a great show. Well, before I get too far away from it, I do want to defend my honor as a connoisseur of CDs and just say that I do have hi-fi equipment and a hi-fi CD player and a stack of CDs literally right behind me of a lot of my favorite music. And oh. honestly, that's my preferred form of consuming music is putting in a CD and sitting down listening to it. And you can say what you want in terms of the audio quality of MP3. That's fine. I just, there's something about that that speaks to me. I mean, I like to do CDs in the car versus streaming or sometimes even radio, but uh, uh, I still have a ton of CDs. I There's some that I just like, I can't get rid of. It's kind of a mental block of getting rid of them. I got so many CDs when I was at Beggar's Group as an intern. Just like that was like they gave you 10 bucks a day and as many CDs from the warehouse as you want. Uh, so, I, I mean, I have a I have a shelf of CDs, like a whole bookshelf unit of CDs. And uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I probably have like three or four copies of like Liz Fair's Exile and Guyville also. I think... Now that I've, especially that I've got like my little uh, gear room workshop set up with my uh, speakers and the CD player and whatnot, I think I'm going to, I haven't bought a CD in a while. I think I'm going to start doing that again because I just, I really enjoy it. I need to update this collection of CDs that I have because honestly, like there, I have some great records, in my little collection, but a lot of it is like, oh yeah, that's like, I'm a little embarrassed that I used to listen to that. So yeah, I don't, I, I think most major label artists still have cds pressed printed made they're not they're not pressed like vinyls literally pressed um but i think people don't buy them very much anymore just because like if you're an audiophile you're probably buying vinyl if you're young and don't care uh, if if you really care cuz like it's either you care about the audio qu- quality and uh, the status symbol, and you're definitely getting vinyl, or you're you don't care about the audio quality, and or, and, or you don't want uh, physical things, which I get. Moving vinyl records sucks a lot. It's like moving books. Um, right, right. It's so heavy. So if you don't want that, then you're probably just getting MP3s or, heaven forbid, streaming. Well, I mean, I admittedly consume a lot of my music through streaming, but and I also do own vinyl. I just actually don't own a record player. So I've got a stack of vinyl I can't listen to. Bummer. You know, I'm actually looking right now at the um, vinyl album sales charts, the, the top album sales charts, the social 50 and the streaming songs charts. I forgot that I have a subscription to Billboard magazine and I have... Uh, Kind of been falling into that all evening. Why in the world would you have a subscription to that? 
because I'm a music industry professional. Okay, well, that's that's a fairly reasonable answer, but you're, you're giving know. me so many reasonable answers. I'm trying to be hypercritical for the sake of being hypercritical. Give me, give me something to work with. Come on. Uh, so I used to do professionally uh, event marketing. Uh, well, which you know, uh, marketing for live events. Event marketing can technically be something different, like being at a trade show. But I worked with um, festivals, venues, um, sports, sporting events. Uh, and I sometimes work with artists to do their marketing. So what I had subscribed to something called the real, uh, a publication put out by Dave Brooks, cause they put out just a great, like basically daily email of all the top, like specifically live event centric news. And he filled a hole that no one else was really filling. So I paid, you know, 99 bucks a year or whatever to, to subscribe to this. Cause it was part of my profession and and I enjoy it it's now it's just kind of an interest and so that was acquired by billboard so instead of having a subscription now for the real I have a billboard subscription all righty well I, I that's a very reasonable answer and I respect that I admit that I don't actually have anything against billboard I think on if I'm being really honest I'm really fascinated by the data that can be found um, and things like that and and trying to to pull correlations from that and wondering what the actual uh, causations are behind it. Kind of fascinating. You know, it, it. it wasn't really real data until, especially for sales until like the nineties. Well, how long has billboard been around? I, I honestly don't know. It's like long-term history. Uh, the billboard has existed since 1958. And what did they base their numbers off of in 1958? Guestimations. Um, before the 90s, there wasn't a, a way to really pull uh, the, the actual raw data of sales in each store. So I'm not to say this is not to say that it was an act like completely inaccurate, but it was uh, an issue of polling and guessing, and and more about. Uh, units ordered than it was about um units actually sold uh you you'll hear stories about like the mafia being in the music business and these are these are true things like uh people would stores would um labels would i guess ship a bunch of copies of a record if it didn't sell instead of leaving that record sitting in the warehouse they would dump it in the Hudson river or something. So they can say that those units still shipped. They don't have them anymore. They're not in anybody's inventory. Thus they've sold. Uh, and that would be a way to uh, manipulate the charts back as like in like the seventies. I don't know, Bill. I think we, uh, I think we sold about 58,000 copies of, of uh, stairway to heaven. Um, what's that sound I hear in the background? It sounds like a river. Oh, no, no, no. It's not me dumping them in the river. I don't know what you're talking about. Stairway to Heaven weren't dumped in the river. This is like uh, Sean Cassidy. <laughs> well, all right. I, uh, here I am, silly me, freaking millennial thinking in terms of singles, not records. <laughs> yeah. I know Stairway to Heaven isn't a record before anyone jumps on my back for that. 
Well, I'm sure it was sold as a 45, though. I think you might have had to flip the 45 to get the rest of it. <laughs> but uh, right. starting in, in, like, I think it was the 90s, sound scans started to exist. And this did, uh, this was kind of illuminating in a lot of ways. Um, and I think it's it's at least some part credited with, like, Nirvana hitting the charts. And another thing that's credited with Nirvana hitting the charts is hitting the charts on returns. And the idea was that uh, kids got a Michael Jackson record for Christmas and they turned it in and they exchanged it for a Nirvana album so that Nirvana got number one based on returns. It also could have been uh, Soundscan actually accurately reporting things versus people being like, yeah, yeah, I think we sold a lot of Michael Jackson and we sold a lot of this. And like um, sort of like how Nielsen TV used to be uh, just people being like, I watched this. So it was almost it was kind of an honor system. And not that people would necessarily intentionally lie about what they were watching or what they were selling, but you just don't remember it as well. Right, right. It's, it's no, definitely that, more kind democratic of way it is. Yeah, that reminds me of a, a story that NPR ran um, a few months ago about how uh, publishers came the New York Times bestseller list and how a lot of what's on the bestseller list is really like they'll, they'll like fundraise a little bit of money intentionally buy like just enough copies. Like have like a warehouse, like just order like 50,000 copies or whatever it is necessary to yeah. bump them over. And then yeah. suddenly they're on the New York Times bestseller list and that gets them over the plateau to where they're suddenly selling a whole lot just because it has that stamp on it. Yeah. And that's what people do that. People have always done that in the music industry. Prince actually very famously did this um, because, again, it wasn't necessarily units sold of that. It was units shipped. Um, so he had an album come out that he had given away with every copy of a newspaper in the U.K., and since that was units technically sold as people bought a newspaper subscription, it catapulted to that album that he had to the top of the charts at the time. And if you ever have bought a ticket on Ticketmaster that where you could get a package deal and get a copy of the upcoming record, that's another way that artists today especially um, try to game the system. Not game the system, but like have some like ticket sales is how musicians make money. Right, right. So why would you not like if you're selling out um like a uh, 5,000 capacity venues every night. Uh, and you, why not, when those go on sale, why don't you uh, try to bundle it with a CD? If you could even convert like 10% of that, that's 500 units sold. Right. Right. Cause I mean, it, it, to a degree it's it, business is a game. Don't hit, don't hate the player, hate the game, but it is what it is. I well, wouldn't it's, it's selling. pulling that. I'll say at least that's selling units. I think, I think billboard had to change their, um, their, their rules they had to change their rules when prince did it he just he he was smart and um if right. people so i i i was uh reading my issue of billboard today uh looking at the album sales charts um and i i remember when to be in like the top 10 in a week you had to sell half a million copies of a record a million copies and now i'm reading reading this and i think we've established I love Kesha. I'm just showing this as, as a, like, oh, how things have changed. Kesha's road drives in. Kesha snares her fourth top 10 album on the Billboard 200 with a 45,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending February 6th. Of that starting sum, 35,000 were album sales aided by a concert slash uh, concert ticket slash album sale redemption offer with her upcoming tour as well as merchandise album bundles she's number three on the charts with forty five thousand equivalent thirty five thousand sold that's how much the music industry has changed since like 2002 
I know that's 18 years now, but this is has been the state of the union for a while. There's right, not right. money in it. There's not money in album sales because people don't buy albums. Well, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe uh, I should put a small dent in that. Do you know what the number one album is right now? It's a debut. If I had to guess number one out al- like debuts in like last couple of weeks? No, it's the first it's the album came out last not la not this past Friday, but the Friday before. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh I'm gonna safely say question mark Billy Eilish's album. That didn't debut the week before. Do you wanna change your guess? Say that one more time. When did when did it de- debut? This is the album that was released on February, um, the week, oh gosh, the week ending February 6th. Um, shoot, what did just come out? I don't know. Have you ever heard of Russ? No. Russ Shake the Snow Globe, number one hotshot debut it's its first week at number one. Number two, Little Wayne Funeral, first week on the charts. Number three, Kesha, High Road, first week on the charts. Number four, Louis, Louis Tomlinson, Walls, first week on the chart. And then we get into Eminem music to be murdered by number five, which is number five. Last week was four. It's its third week on the chart. And then we get to Billie Eilish, uh, her 45th consecutive week on the chart. I think consecutive week on the chart. Um and then it gets interesting hmm. if you go farther down. So still a lot of new stuff on the charts. Um, interesting. Uh, do you know the, the performer Destroyer? I do not. Uh, Stan Behar. He's number 24 on the top album sales charts uh-huh. and number four on the vinyl album sales chart. So that just shows how much uh, vinyl sales can impact things today. Billie Eilish is actually number one on the vinyl album sales chart. Really? Yep. It's her. Uh, she's been number one for, let me zoom in there, 15 weeks? 13 weeks. Terrible font. Yeah. So the vinyl album sales chart is funny to me because it's a couple new things. And so, you know, Billie Eilish been on the chart for 45 weeks. Drive by Trucker's been on one. Harry Styles been on for eight. Destroyer been on for one. Then we get into Queen's Greatest Hits has been, uh, is number five on vinyl sales has been on the chart for night, the vinyl sales chart for 91 weeks. The Beatles Abbey road has been on the charts for 366 weeks. What the, the guardians. Heck? How many years is 366 weeks? It's like six years, six, seven years, seven years in a few weeks. Cause yeah. it's 52 weeks in a year. It's uh, it's seven point zero one years. It's almost seven years on the money. The soundtrack to Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy has been on the vinyl charts for two hundred seventeen weeks. When you say on the charts, is that like top ten, top twenty five, top hundred? Uh, usually it's top hundred, top two hundred. But yeah, still, no. if it's this high on the charts, that's impressive. After this many weeks, Guardians right. of the Galaxy soundtrack been on the chart for two hundred seventeen weeks. To be fair, what? that's an excellent soundtrack. I'm just like it's a soundtrack though. Well, I mean it it kind of functions as the greatest hits of uh, a lot of Motown and 80s hits. It's still a soundtrack. Plus, you know, Disney is behind it, so you've got to keep that in mind. 
Purple Rain and the Revolution. Uh, I'm sorry, Prince of the Revolution, Purple Rain has been on the chart for 153 weeks. Uh, that I, I bought that the week it came out. Um, well, the the, val- the vinyl record version that this is. I'm just uh, thrown by Billie Eilish being number one on the vinyl. I'm of all the things I'm surprised that Lizzo is number 18 and it's a re-entry. Which means she had previously fallen off of the charts. I think this might just be the top twenty, like a top twenty-five. But so Lizzo had fallen off the charts, and now she's back, and she's only been on the charts for eight weeks, and she peaked on the vinyl. Uh, actually, this, is, this doesn't say where she peaked. So that's that. That's part of what's interesting. Um, the top streaming song of the the week was. The Box by Roddy Rich. Do you know that song? No. I'm just going to name the artist. Uh, next is uh, Future featuring Drake. Number three is Roddy Rich again featuring Mustard. <laughs> it says that. Um, something called Tones and I. Eminem featuring Juice World. Another Mustard and Roddy Rich song. Arizona Zervais, The Baby. The baby had like seven songs on the charts as a songwriter. It was pretty amazing. There's a there's so much data in these, and it just shows you how friggin' old you are. Well, yeah. I mean, I know yeah. some of those names. I know uh, some of those names. Rest in peace, that. Juice World. Gone too soon. Juice World died. Yeah, that was like a like a month before Nam. Was it an overdose? I think that was the follow-up to it. Oh, that's so sad. Um, and then there are radio songs, which is a little less of an, a science and more of an art still, I think. Circles by Post Malone is the number one radio song and has been for seven weeks now. Yeah, all I heard about Juice World was that it was a seizure, and then I just quick Google search. It looks like uh, accidental overdose. Don't do drugs. It's so bad. Self-care does not involve certain things. I agree. Don't do drugs that can kill you. Oh my gosh, When Doves Cry is the number five rock song on the radio charts right now for some reason. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I wonder if is that a cover? I think Meg Myers covered Kate Bush. Yeah, that's number six on the radio charts, the rock radio charts. So Gosh. there's so much data, but what what does this all mean? Like what? I mean, aside from the fact that it's all been standardized to a way where it's no longer quite as much about gaming the system as it used to be and certainly less about like guesstimating and throwing things in the Hudson River but what do we pull out of this it depends on who you are I mean uh, you can look to the heat seekers to see uh, like people kind of toward the bottom of the chart uh, if you if you're trying to book a tour with with somebody and you're big or like, this is this is this is a lot of stuff from people who play higher up in the music industry even than than I do. Like, again, I was not originally subscribing to Billboard. I was just, it was kind of thrown upon me when I was reading, when I, my interest was really in uh, live stuff. But just keeping up with trends is so important. I mean, if you see somebody coming up the charts, you should probably know who they are. 
um, or you're going to get left behind. It's very much an industry based on uh, knowing what's what's hot and what's coming up and not necessarily, you know, an old man's kind of world. It's def- like it's which is kind of funny because there's still lots of old men in it. <clears throat> right. But, but you can read things like soccer mommy is is featured pretty heavily in this uh in this issue of billboard uh someone named uh francis quinlan from saddle creek is in it um it's really just kind of the the pulse of the music industry um from an an actual industry person perspective whereas something like rolling stone is more of a fan perspective because you actually see what the data is and right, you can right. see if your artist is rising, like you can probably know what sort of strategic moves to, to, to take to, to keep that rise going. Um, new collaborators, perhaps. And then it's a lot of ego baiting as well. Um, getting an interview and billboard is a big deal. Does it help you? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, like this, ish, this, this article about soccer mommies largely seems to be about her booking agent. fascinating do you yeah. so do you have to have a subscription to get access to all that data or is this like public th- information um you have to have a subscription for a, a deep dive on the data for example i know you need a subscription to uh access historical historical charts and one my dumbest internship project i've ever had to do was i had to look through um the top 10 records uh out, singles actually singles uh, in country music uh, for every week starting in 1960, I think I made it through the early 70s before my internship was over. Um, I found some really great music doing that, and I found some really racist music, but I know I had to log in. There's a song, there used to be a song called Sun Don't Go Near the Indians. It still exists. It's really bad, really racist, really horrifying. Ugh. Very catchy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we've moved, more or less moved past that as a society. Listen, I actually kind of recommend everybody listen to this song for the comedic value, and I don't want to give away the surprise ending, so I won't. But there is a surprise ending, and it's a doozy. Does, like, the narrator get murdered? No. Does he change his mind on his racism? All right. Uh, If you don't want this spoiled for you, click ahead a little bit. So the song, uh, the boy talks about how he was always, his dad always told him not to go near the Indians, but he always like dreamed of being like sleeping under the stars and stuff. And he fell in love with this beautiful uh, Native American girl. And uh, then he finds out, uh, he tells his dad like, dad, I don't care what you say. I'm going to marry this girl. And the dad says, here's the thing. When I was little, when I was younger, I had a, I had a son and uh, that son was killed by the Indians. So I took you from them. You are actually an Indian and that girl is your sister. Oh, I'm like, who? Why did somebody write this? <laughs> That's twisted. It was a hit song. It was a top ten country song. It was a top ten song. Why? I, I, yeah, I was like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Until you said. It was his sister. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> and that's coming from a Star Wars fan. So, yeah. Yeah, that was um, an adventure that I was taken on the first time I heard that song. I, yeah, bad. 
don't. That's I mean, just a lot to process. Good gravy. And that's like given during like one of those serious speaking parts. Right, where like the like the the percussion goes down low. Yeah, exactly. And like start palm beating of the guitar is like now. Listen up, Sonny. There's something I need to tell you. It's by Rex Allen, and let's see what the actual lyric is. Spoken. God damn it, this is so bad. Son, the white man, and the Indians was fighting when you were born, and a brave called Yellow. Oh God. I don't know if we should be reading this. I, this is. I'm officially uncomfortable. Ugh. Ugh. This is, yeah. Even just reading it now, this is uh, highly offensive. Well, I'm, I'm happy that we've at least moved past using some of that terminology and language. I'll be even happier when we stop putting, you know, like oil things on native land. But you know, yeah. Let's 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 that would be stop great. with all that stuff. If if you haven't if been following what uh, Layla from Tina Tone has been sharing, it's uh, it is worth following. <laughs> it's worth supporting, and I, you know, every once in a while, I'm just reminded that you know, capitalism doesn't always you know favor the virtuous, and that I no. think that this is one of those examples, and it just kind of hurts my soul a little bit to think about how powerless that must make one feel to have like you're literally like the land on which you live like poisoned and wrecked for the sake of someone else's financial gain yeah it's it's absolute garbage not a fan i mean i i'm all for like energy solutions and sustainability and try to figure out how to best manage that but i mean it to at what cost though that's not Ugh. sustainable. Go follow, go follow Tuna Tone Guitars. Follow what Layla's Layla been posting. Layla's posting, yeah. Get, seriously, like take a little bit of time every day. Go read some of that and just soak it all in. Listen, listen to the perspective of others. I think it was something we talked about last week. Is one of the best things we can do is listen. So right. if the, if you take nothing away from this episode, listen, soak mm-hmm. it all in meditate on what other people have to say about what's going on with their communities and then go from there mm-hmm. yeah i'm trying to find there's so there's a whole article in here about coronavirus paralyzing the chinese um live sector there mm-hmm. have been 20 20 concerts have been canceled which will cost the region 286 million dollars yeah that i mean th- that's just been a completely different bag of uh, surprise beans oh here's the other thing i want to talk about so one of my favorite things in billboard is the ads because they're very industry specific ads uh, uh-huh. so i found this i found this ad uh that says uh wmpg window the future of songwriter royalties is here and that's uh you uh oh, that's right that was so U- funny umpg is universal music publishing group <clears throat> so this is an app and then I Which like, has I'm a long to... and glorious tradition of making sure that artists get paid their dues, right? I'm sure Universal does everything to make sure the artists get as much money as they possibly can. Uh, but I, I zoomed in on the screen sh- screenshot, and uh, so th- this this I noticed later, which makes it <laughs> vaguely more believable. It's from 2017 to 2020 data, so apparently you can select different data ranges, and it shows the revenue streams. Spotify. 
$326,000. Apple Music, $306,000. Amazon, $300,000. YouTube, $290,000. And iTunes, $280,000. I'm don't sorry, know... where, but where's Tidal? I want to know where's Tidal on that list. Tidal I, should I be above sleep. Amazon, honestly. I can't sleep until I know where Tidal went. You know, I use Tidal. Really? Yeah. Oh. Title's great. I've honestly never used it. I just think that's funny that it got left off the list. Title does pay artists more, albeit like more of nothing is still close to nothing. But the point is, you have to be one of the top tier artists in the world to make $100,000 a year in streaming from all of the sources combined. And then what happens when you get that high up is uh, your publisher's probably taking half. Uh, or whatever the percentage that's agreed to, and your label's taking some as well. So you're not actually making that amount of money anyway. Uh, so truly, only the top tier of artists are going to be making money that's anywhere near this. It's ridiculous. Wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me that as a as someone who works in the music industry, I'm never going to make seven figures a month? I, no. I, I think I think that I think that seals the deal. I don't know if I can do this podcast anymore. I, I, you know, that's just so much money. Yeah. But that's meant to be, it's meant to be a joke. Just so we're clear. I'm not quitting the podcast. Nobody cry. Really. This is over the course of three years, but also like the idea that Amazon music would be like almost as much money as Spotify is laughable. Nobody listens to anything on Amazon music. People barely listen to things on Apple music and YouTube doesn't pay that much in their royalties. This is ridiculous. Who made this chart? I'm sure it's someone who is scared of getting sued, which admittedly is a sentiment that I can relate to. But it's just it's just like it's really funny. It's just one of those unintentionally hilarious things. I also found out that Cincinnati is getting a new um concert hall. Oh really? And uh, I'm not very happy that there's going to be another competitor to the uh beautiful beautiful uh Cincinnati actual music hall. I'm looking at pictures. It looks like um, if you've if you've been to New York, the inside kind of looks like reminds me of Terminal Five, which is a place where I once saw Dinosaur Junior open for Sonic Youth. It was very loud. Whoa, that would be a sick show to go to. It was. There were several different mosh pits, and I tried to avoid all of them. Uh, Jay Maskus is like one of the coolest people on the planet. I just want to throw that out there. Have you met him? I have not met Jay Mascus, but uh, I just... Neither have I. He seems pure, cool, but he's... Purely so... based on the guitar parts and what he does with effects and how much that's inspired me personally, I find myself inspired by Jay Mascus. Just, you know. I'm sorry. I just zoomed in on, like, they have, like, this this mock-up of uh, what the inside looks like, and that's where I'm like, it looks like T5. Um, and I zoomed in, and they have, like, the little fake crowd... And there's a woman. Uh, firstly, ev- almost everybody in the front row looks extremely disinterested. One woman's legit on her phone. One is looking really far away from the performer. And then one lady just got both arms up and is dancing. Yeah, that's how Somebody's you know that. with somebody. See, that's the crowd that is like pressed up against the rails for the opener act that no one yeah. actually wanted to go see. But they don't want to say. move or go pee or anything because they want to be on the rails for the for the headliner. That's this what that crowd is, says to me. Okay, this this bitch is on her phone and then she has an identical twin. 
twin sister four people to her left who is also on the phone and wearing the same outfit i call that a lazy rendering personally this is so funny and just like some of the details are so specific one guy's got like his arm around his buddy who's just kind of in front of him looks really natural another guy's like looking down at his phone it's like it's almost like they were working from a real picture of a crowd and then just had to fill in some empty spots I mean, to be fair, that's not really the most important part of the rendering, I'm sure. I mean, I know a lot of those background details, like if you get that filled out in like whatever meeting you're pitching to like, this is what we propose. You should do this. Uh, I, I know the background details can be distracting, but. I hope the designer had as much fun doing this as I'm having looking at it. Well, I, don't know. I, I admit I'm a little partial because uh, my wife is a genius and does interior design work and. I've got to the privilege of seeing a lot of the cool things that she does and I've seen some renderings and you know what, some the background details aren't always the most important thing, but they're Here fun. I'm, I know it's fun. I'm just getting a little defensive because I love what my wife does and I believe in her and support her very much. That's all. I also love what your wife does. Did I, I tell just... you she, she's uh she's designing a, a apartment complex in Capitol Hill. Oh, cool. Yeah, there's like a whole, it's like uh, right across the street from Lost Lakes that's going up. Oh, no, 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 say that's not true. Uh oh. Where's everyday music gonna go? What's gonna happen no, 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 to everyday no, not, music? No, 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 literally not like right across the same street. Oh, like, my God. Near, nearby, like between Lost Lakes and uh, Optimus and Brewing Company. Oh, jeez, dude. No, no, no. I didn't mean to scare you like that. I didn't mean to scare you like that. But Wait, by Lost Lake, so between Lost Lake and that brewing company is Numos, though. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's like right across the street from Numos. Or like some, I don't know. I just walk, I walk okay, by the- Okay, you're, you're going to be more specific because every, I think every block you say, I'm going to be like, no, but that thing. Well, whatever it is, they've already broken ground on it. So they're already building the building. It's just a matter of, she's designing what's going inside of it. And I'm I'm very excited for it, and I can't wait to like go poke my head in the lobby and see what she put together in real life. Cool, that's really nice. Since I'm already on a, a complete rabbit trail of uh, like bragging it's a on, on Melissa, uh, if everybody wanted to be like super rad, uh, the company that she works for has an Instagram handle called Inspired Spaces. Go check it out. It's super rad. If you like in anything along the lines of interior design, it's some primo Pacific Northwest interior design work. Just throwing that out there. Pacific Northwest evening casual. Also, I'm going to cap the number of times I say just throwing this out, that out there to three, uh, which I granted I, I just hit four. But I, I am conscious of the fact that I've said that several times this episode. I thought you said you you were going to say that you were going to uh, cap the number of times you say rad. No, no, no. There is no cap to the number of times you can say rad, man. Like, it's like the most radical word in the dictionary. So when, this, you open, uh, when you open up a thesaurus and look for rad, it just says rad, radical, radalicious, like rad, man. Thanks. I hate it. Why do I have a subscription to the Hollywood Reporter? I hate it. Now that's something I will judge you for, legitimately. It must it must have come with the billboard subscription. Uh-huh, sure. Well, Maybe. before I get too judgy judgy and find some way to to uh, connect the dots between that and your rampant marijuana usage, I think 
I think that's a good place to end the episode. What do you think? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> do you do you want me to bleep the part where I mention I, I joke about worst things to find in luggage? Because I think I probably should. It. It, I would appreciate if you bleeped that sincerely, just because if you hadn't immediately followed up with, I should probably edit that out. I was going to make other jokes to follow up with it, but now it would just feel like really weird if it was there with no follow-up. What other? Okay. Then do your follow-ups. No, it's too late now. <laughs> it, it was lost in the moment. Mm, was it? No, I've never actually had that experience, but I've seen, there's some TSA picture that showed like what it looked like for luggage to go through um, through the x-ray scanner. And the example they, they picked clearly had a in it. Mm-hmm. And then TSA later edited it out. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I got to figure out how some of these people on Billboard are. Whiskey glasses. Oh, some or some organization reached out to Sunday Crush in email and they said, oh, hey, would you like to apply for this big tour thing? It's a charity thing. I'm like, this sounds like a scam. And I looked it up and it's a scam. So they make you pay 15. They reach out to you and then they make you pay money, like 15 to $25 to apply with no guarantee of being accepted. And then if you are accepted, there's no guarantee that they're going to like do more than let you eat their writer. Like they're not going to, they're not guaranteed to pay you for lodging transportation or food and they're definitely not going to pay you for your performances that sounds like uh capitalism gone awry yeah that sounds like people taking advantage of charitable uh acts i mean to go on tour your expenses should be at least paid yeah i i I tend to agree with that so So billy eilish's debut album was the second highest vinyl release of last year with 176,000 vinyl copies sold or thrown in the hudson river guess who was the only artist to sell uh over a million copies of their record in 2019 michael jackson taylor swift michael jackson michael jackson I just know that uh, Michael Jackson's like one of the artists that sold like the most vinyl ever. So I was just running with that. Yeah. My um, dad, Ch- of all people, has a Michael Jackson record on vinyl. I don't remember which one it is, but I know he's got everybody. Ha- everybody has Michael Jackson records on vinyl. But the thing is, like, my dad doesn't even like Michael Jackson. It doesn't matter. It's like everyone has a copy of Born in the USA on vinyl. He's probably given it. Um, Children's Hit Baby Shark racked up the second highest number of video streams in 2019. That does, not, does say... not surprise me because it doesn't matter how many children, like the actual number of individual users that in- consume that material. The reality is that for every toddler that watches that, they've watched it 138 times average. Specifically, yes. Specifically 138 times. I am quoting... Uh, com- data that I completely just made up in my head, but it's probably closer to reality than any of us would like to admit. Yeah, it probably is. Baby uh. shark, do 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 do. There goes at least thirty subscribers just like that. Well, maybe you shouldn't sing Baby Shark. <laughs> all right well before i get myself into more trouble thank you so much for listening to the show we genuinely appreciate it uh consider 
giving us like a dollar a month on Patreon, consider buying some merch. I designed a whole bunch of the merch in the shop, so I am personally super flattered. So if you'd like to stroke my ego, buy a hat, buy a shirt, something like that. Um, but seriously, thank you for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> uh, leave us a review on iTunes, please. And thank you. Uh, until next time, I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. Goodbye. Are you going to say goodbye? Did you say bye. goodbye? Hey, Michelle. Hey. One, two, Bow. three.